0: Hey, good morning, One Hope. I'm so delighted to be in the pulpit again after two weeks I haven't preached. Um, But I'm just equally as delighted with what God is doing in our our preaching team and in the gifts emerging. I was delighted last week when Johannes preached uh, and just his his vulnerability and sharing the testimony of how he's been terrified of this this, whole life. And how God has brought healing. And it just speaks to me of... In every every one of our lives, we have those things, right? Where we are terrified or afraid and how God can come and change that. And the week before that, Sarah just spoke so powerfully out of the Psalms. And I just love, love, love God um, bringing through emerging gifts from our younger generation. And I just has been a delight to sit back and watch that so this morning it's my delight to preach and I want to just excite us a little bit about this morning because we're doing something quite different as a leadership we've we've felt just a clarity of God around the next season that we should that we should go into it's very practical um, it's we're going to have a lot of handles this morning and I want to speak very clearly about what it is that as a church as one hope we feel God calling us to particularly in the next few months certainly as a focus But actually it feels like something way bigger that God is shifting in our culture and has been doing so for a while and something that until this church ceases to exist, I hope it will be a fundamental part of the DNA that we cling to. And so while this morning is, is a little bit of an in-house moment, I just want to welcome you. If you're a guest or someone who is exploring faith, I just want to say it's a family moment, sure. But it's not like you've gate crashed a party. It's so good to have you with us. And I think there's going to be value in what we're sharing for you as well. So let me pray and then we'll begin with just what we feel God has been placing on our hearts as a leadership. Father... As we come to your word and to to the things that you've been speaking to us this morning. I want to ask that you would give us courage in our hearts for this vision. That you would um, empower us for it. We need your Holy Spirit to come and breathe upon it. Because if it's just a strategy and a plan that was formed and and formulated in the mind of men and women. God it's bound to fail. But when it's you that's speaking and we just learning how to obey you. It's bound to be blessed. And so we ask for your Holy Spirit to be upon us as we speak about it this morning. In Jesus' wonderful name we ask this. Amen. And so if you've been with One Hope or tracking with us at at all through this year, um, you would have heard on a number of different occasions and a number of different ways that we feel clearly that God has said to us that 2020 would be a year where we are to expect Him for more especially in the area of those that we love and friends and family coming to faith for the first time or people who've been far from faith returning to faith. And so we felt God say to us at the start of this year, I want you to expect me for more, expect more, that that there'd be many more coming in. And then Corona happened and we've been tempted to put our hands up and say, well, God, you know, we thought we heard you. We we had our plans, but then actually, you know, all of this lockdown, we can't even gather. But guys, this thing just won't leave us. It sits in our hearts and we know that we know that we've heard from God and so we can't leave it and so we feel this morning and we want to return to some envisioning around that and just what we feel God placing in front of us for the next few months but before I do that I really feel it's important to speak about the heart of why we share the gospel Why? why is it so important that we speak to our friends or what is the heart of God In evangelism, and I feel it's so important because the biblical language around. Um, reaching people for Christ or sharing our faith with others, whatever language you want to use, the biblical language around that is so often so divorced from what we see in Christian culture and the way you might have even personally experienced someone trying to share their faith with you or sharing your faith with somebody else and, and we are anemic around it and we have weird pathologies around it and we do some really unhelpful stuff. And I think that at the core of that is that we've forgotten what the heart of God is in bringing people to faith. And so I think that the scriptural mandate is is a little bit more like this. I want you to imagine that you're in a a rural setting in a rural home and lying on the bed in this rural home is a friend of yours or a child of yours or someone that you love and they are evidently dying they are dying in front of your eyes and you have this thought what if I could go and fetch the doctor from a village a few villages away and so you get your bicycle or you get your shoes on and you run or you ride with all of your all of your might and all of your strength until it feels like your, your lungs are bursting, but you are set on, on fetching the doctor and you find the doctor and you bring the doctor back. And as you rush back into that village with the, with the doctor in tow and you burst through the doors and there's your dying friend, relative, whoever it is on the bed. There's a sense of deep, deep relief because that doctor represents an opportunity for life. You know that they're dying, but this doctor brings with him or with her an opportunity for life and for healing. And that your friend or your child may return to life again. I think it's more like that. Or more humorously, I love the the Far Side cartoons. And one of my favorites is is this one. The fuel light's on, Frank. We're all going to die, says the pilot. Wait, wait. Oh, my mistake. That's the intercom light. And the emotions that people would be experiencing in in both of those scenarios. As the doctor bursts through the door with you and and you realize that there's hope for this friend on that bed. Or as the people in the plane with those big eyes in the cartoon realize that it's just a a false alarm. There'd be a sense of deep relief in their hearts. There'd be a sense of, of deep gratitude. Like people who've had a near-death experience and they suddenly come back from the dead, so to speak. They have a a new zest for life and, and a deep gratitude. Now, one of the primary ways that the Bible speaks about the experience of coming to know Jesus Christ for yourself is death to life. You were dead we thought we were going to die. We thought it was over. We thought it was tickets. There was no way out. There was no way we were going to survive. But we did. This is the language that, that scripture uses to describe someone coming to know jesus christ i think of jesus speaking in john chapter 5 and verse 24 and this is what he says he says i say to you whoever hears my words and believes him who sent me has eternal life he does not come into judgment but has passed from death to life jesus again is speaking in John chapter 10 and verse 10. And this is what he says. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. They're not just going to survive. They're not just going to live and live in some kind of anemic sense of, of disease for the rest of their lives. No, I came to bring life and I want them to live abundantly. And this is the consistent metaphor of People coming to put their trust and their hope in the fact that Jesus Christ is who he said he was. And they say yes to God. And those who come to that realization, the scripture speaks about that as death to life. Man, this is a far cry from, I want you to tell your friends about Jesus because the Bible says you must do it and it's good. This is a a, a far cry from, I'm telling my friends about Jesus because I want them to be a better person or to have religion. This is a far cry for, I'm going to please God somehow by by bringing lots of people to Him. And and look at my belt. Look, each person that's come to Christ, I've, I've kind of put a notch on here that somehow we're pleasing God. No, 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 no. In every environment that we're in, we get to bring life. Where there was death. That's what we get to do. We get to call a doctor. Jesus himself says. He says I didn't come. He's being criticized. This is the context. He's being criticized for hanging out with with sinners. And people who don't follow him. And he turns to those who are criticizing. And he says to them. Don't you know. Don't you know. I didn't come for the righteous. I didn't come for the well. What's the point of a doctor. when When a doctor walks into your house. And you're feeling great. And you're fine. It's, sure, maybe he's a friend and it's good to see him. But there's no there's no great drama there. The drama is when you're on your deathbed and you're waiting and you, you know you're about to go if the doctor doesn't arrive. And when he walks into the room, this is what Jesus is saying. I'm the doctor. I came not for those who are well, just for a little visit. No, I came for those who are sick. I came for those who are trapped in their sin and don't have any way to get out. And they know that they're dying. And I came to bring life and so when as a church we speak about expecting more man this is not a callous church numbers game so it's not us just thinking well we want one hope to be big so that at the next conference the leaders can go the next christian conference we can go and boast about how much bigger it's got no this is bringing life where before there was only death doesn't doesn't that completely change Completely change how we think about sharing our faith? Why in the world would we be embarrassed about being the person who runs to fetch the doctor for someone who's dying? We'd never be embarrassed. We'd we'd be celebrated. Wouldn't it be the craziest thought to have your friend or your loved one dying in, in that bed and for you to decide not to go and fetch the doctor because somehow that was more loving for your friend. And, and guys some of us. This is how we think about evangelism. We don't want to share Christ with our friends. Because what about if we embarrassed. Or what about if we offend them. And it's not very loving to share the gospel. Friend. I want to say with respect. Your friend is dying. Whether they know it or not. And if you don't go and fetch the doctor. And tell them that there's another way. And you don't bring life into that situation. It's the least loving thing you could ever do. Christians. We need to know and be reminded that we are life carriers. We're not offering religion. We're not offering some bathroom renovation, a little, a little tweak of morality or of ethics in their life. We're offering life to people who are dying. And that's... The heart of God, and that's why He wants us to share our faith. And I, I don't know why God did it like this. I don't know why He chooses to use us. There's a verse that speaks about how God has taken treasure and placed it in jars of clay, and I want to say, God, that's not very wise. The jars of clay are cracked and and we leak, and we're the jars of clay in that little metaphor, by the way. And we, we're not all that strong at holding Your treasure, but God, for His glory, has said that's how I'm going to do it, and we get to. Participate, incredible. Maybe you don't know Christ this morning. I, ho- I hope, I hope that as I share, that this fills your heart with a grace toward those who who love you, and your friend is so desperate to bring Jesus to you, and maybe they bring it to you in a really unhelpful way, and maybe you've just said yes, I'll come to church because you know you want to just be nice to them, but actually you're finding what they're doing so unhelpful. I hope you know that we're sorry when we do that, but. We're desperate to bring you life because we see this and we ask you for grace. And i ask you, how unloving would it be if they just left you where you were? Friends, let's talk more practically now this morning about what it is that God has laid on our heart as a tool. There's lots of different ways we could do this. But we feel there's a tool that God's placed in our hearts as a church that we want to use in this next season to reach those who don't know Jesus. And so here's a little video about that now.
1: Life moves fast, doesn't it? Every day there is so much to fit in. But do you ever stop and think? What's the point of it all? Do you ever ask yourself, is there more to life than this? Alpha is a series of sessions exploring life, faith, and meaning. It's a space to explore the big questions, to say what you think and hear other people's points of view. First up, there's food, then a talk, followed by a discussion. Each talk explores a different aspect of the Christian faith, and then in the small group, you get to say exactly what you think. The aim of the talk is to spark conversation, each week, unpacking a different question. There's no obligation to say anything, and there's nothing you can't say. Seriously. It's an opportunity to hear from others and contribute your own perspective in an honest, friendly, and open environment. Why not try it out?
0: And so the tool that we're wanting to use is Alpha, but we're wanting to use it in a very different way to how we have before. This ask, the ask that we're feeling as leaders over One Hope is that everybody get involved and we don't just have a centralized Alpha, but actually that we're asking you to put your hand up and we want to lead little groups of Alpha all across the congregation. We're going to do this over the next three months. So we're planning to start on the week of somewhere around the 19th of August, although it's flexible because if you're running your own group, you could do it anywhere. And that's some of the unique opportunities that doing Alpha online enables us to have right now. Think about it. Think about a friend who might be overseas or even in Cape Town and they don't know Jesus and you want to share your faith with them. This is an amazing opportunity to invite them to do Alpha with you and we don't have the normal geographical boundaries think of another group of people those who struggle to get out in the evenings maybe a single mom or a single dad and they have little kids and they can't easily get out in the evenings now from the comfort of their home you could invite them to do alpha with you it might even just be flexible schedule and being able to Plan an alpha exactly where your friend has time available. All of these things are unique opportunities given to us in this time to do alpha online. Guys, right now the world is reeling from coronavirus. We're speaking about bringing life. Just think how many people are trying to preserve life and and the economy that's being devastated because of how desperately we're trying to preserve life. The world has been shaken. What people trust in has been shaken. And we have an opportunity to come and to bring the light and the life and the love of Jesus into these environments where people do not know where to place their trust right now let me just for clarity explain briefly that we're going to do the whole course online. The Alpha course is 10 weeks long. It's designed especially to explore basic Christian faith. So it's apologetic, but it's also covering the the basic Christian basics, I suppose. It's a powerful tool and we've seen it in the last five years in one hope. Bring people to faith. The aim of Alpha is to create a safe environment where people from all different walks of life who don't believe the christian faith are able to explore it in a way that they couldn't do easily in a christian setting so maybe you've experienced being in a christian setting and you want to raise some really sincere questions or doubts that you have as a person who doesn't follow god and you feel shut down or you feel like the christians begin to christianize all over you and and tell you about how god is this or the bible says this and you're just looking for a safe space to explore well this is the place we want more people who don't know christ in each group than those who do know christ so we want you to outnumber us so that there's a there's a comfort and an honesty and an ability to really share the big questions of what's going on in your heart about faith and life and questions that you have okay so i'm sure you're asking how do we see this season playing out in one hope well guys the first thing is i want to encourage you to pray I'm already praying like crazy because I know that I have quite a number of relationships with people who don't know Jesus and they're just not ready yet for something like Alpha. And so we need a lot of discernment. And as I've been praying over the last week or so, I've also had just surprise people come to mind and I've begun to pray and to ask God whether they're ready for an invite. And I think they are. So I'm personally thinking of inviting um, three people to join a group with me. So this is how we're going to run it. Let's, I'll take myself as an example. And we're really wanting to see across One Hope every single person engaged in some way in the next three months with the Alpha course and what we're trying to do. Remember, we're not trying to get people to the course. We're trying to bring life where there was death. So let's say I'm going to my three friends and I ask them each if they would like to come and do Alpha. It may be that one of them says, yeah I'd love to. One of them says, well I don't see any harm with it so why not? I'll come and try it. And the third friend says, you know what? I'm actually just not interested right now. And we say thanks. That's okay. So I have two friends who are keen to try Alpha. Now here's the big difference. We want you to ask God to have faith to lead your friends in a small alpha group so we want little groups little alpha groups all across one hope being run by you so one of the things that is driving this thought is that we know how precious relationships are with those who don't know christ this is an opportunity for you to create an environment for your friends to curate it a little bit because you know them better than we do right To be able to help them engage as deeply as possible with the alpha content. So we're going to be doing this on Zoom and online. So I've got two friends and I say, God, I have faith to run a group. It might be that that group is just a little bit too small. So we reach out to someone else who's also keen to run a group and we run our group together. That's what I'm going to be doing with Dirk and Cara Brand and Kate and I. We're going to be running a co group together. Then it might be that you have some friends that you'd love to invite and you love this idea of a smaller alpha group, but you just don't feel confident to lead it yet. That's great. Why don't you put your hand up and say, I'd love to be a helper? And so we'll have have a host in that group and each group will have a helper or two maybe even just doing the tech on the zoom or whatever it's a wonderful opportunity to be involved Then the third option is that you might might have some friends who you want to invite But you actually think they would do great in a in a bigger group And you don't really want to be involved in a smaller group right now or You haven't got capacity to be then Bates and Charmaine and our alpha team will be running our normal alpha and your friends You could go with them for week one and possibly week two But then you could leave them with the team and they'll walk them through the ten week alpha course Now for everybody else, we're encouraging you to come and be part of Alpha on a Wednesday evening at half past seven. We're going to come together and we as Christians are going to go through Alpha together. There's a few thoughts in our head here. The one is that we really don't want Christians packing out the small groups. It's not helpful for those who are exploring faith to be outnumbered by Christians. So we want all the Christians to rather come into a a bigger space together. The second thing Is that the only thing that's going to really change hearts and bring life is Jesus. And he teaches us to pray. He says, pray for those who don't know me. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to do Alpha together, but we're also going to actively be using those Wednesday evenings to pray by name for many little groups and for those leading the groups and those who are unsaved and don't know Jesus yet in those groups. And we're going to pray for them until they come into the kingdom. At the same time, it's a discipleship moment where we can look at the content, understand what Alpha is, be retaught some of the basics and be reminded of the basics of our Christian faith. There's apologetics in there. It's a brilliant opportunity for us to just take stock and to re-equip ourselves around the basics of our faith. So this is our invite to you. I hope that's clear that there's these different scenarios but there is room for every single person to be involved. One Hope. And then just a small little caveat is that we realize that there are some particularly those staying alone who this is a very vulnerable time for and that your life group is just a place where you're getting that nourishment and that food. And so we're talking to life group leaders. And for some groups, we're just going to specially tailor something a little bit different. And they might not be joining our bigger alpha group. And that's okay. We're going to be walking through that with your leaders who know you best. And we're going to care for you as best we can in this season. And then lastly, guys, if you're anything like me, um, I think the idea of this is daunting. It's exciting on the one hand, but it's also terrifying. And so the area that we're going to work hardest in is how do we support you as you're running a group? And we don't want to just kind of shove you out there and say, well, we're going to pray for you. Good luck. No, we want to really let you feel that we're holding your hand every step of the way. It's not a straightforward thing. And so what we're doing is that before Alpha starts, we're going to have two weeks of training for anybody who's interested in leading a group, in helping a group. If you're not sure yet, but you might be keen, come and do the training with us and it will help unpack for you what Alpha is and, and how you can lead it. And then what we're going to do after that, the second thing, is that each week we will debrief with you. And we'll spend time not just encouraging you, but also looking toward the next week and things that you're finding difficult and, and ways that we can help you from those who have experienced been experienced in running alpha for a number of years are going to walk alongside you every week we'll be meeting together thirdly we're going to make sure that each of those little alpha groups is paired with prayer partners so that you know as you are leading that group you know who it is that's praying for you and you can send messages to them in the week saying please pray for this this week pray for this person this scenario this question this nervousness that i'm feeling whatever it may be so that you're Covered in prayer. And then fourthly, if you go to our One Hope website today, you'll see that we've put up a new section specifically around alpha and resources. This is to help you run the course brilliantly. It's to help orientate you and questions you may have, but also it's to provide you with a place because you might feel that there's questions coming to you which you don't have to you don't know how to answer. And that's good. You're not supposed to answer all the questions. It's part of the way that Alpha is set up, but you might want to help those in your group explore those questions a little further. And so we're putting up resources there and we'll keep putting up resources throughout the course that will help you to be able to send them to someone in your group and say, hey, that question you asked on whatever night it was you met, um, here's a little bit more for you to think about around it. And so those resources will be available on the One Hope website. And so what I'm trusting is that as you're listening, wherever you are this morning, is that the Holy Spirit is busy creating excitement in your heart for what this could look like across our congregation. Now I know, I know because I'm feeling it too that there's going to be anxiety and some angst and some uncertainty and a feeling of being pushed out of the boat and a feeling of of being uncomfortable and i just want to say that that's okay and we need to we need to trust the spirit here to risk it and i want to encourage you to let him push you beyond what maybe you're comfortable doing right now but also to just reiterate that we want to support you so much So if you're part of a life group and you want to put your hand up and get involved in some way or another, speak to your life group leader. We're really hoping that life groups are going to come around one another and support one another and pray for one another and care for each other as people in that group would lead other small alpha groups. It might be that you're not part of a life group. Then contact the office, contact myself, contact one of the leaders and we'll walk you through the next steps of how to be meaningfully involved. In this next season and then as we finish our morning together, there's just five things that as an eldership We've really felt as we've been wrestling with the strategy and praying around how God wants us to do this in the next season There's just five things that we feel are going to be really key for us handles if you would so handle number one is this open your contacts Take your phone and physically open your contacts and go through it prayerfully saying, Father, are there friends or family in here or old work colleagues or whoever it may be that I can invite? We're convinced that most people that God wants to bring life to through this Alpha course, we already know them. They're already our neighbors. They're already our friend. We already have their number right on our phones. So go to your phone and open your contacts. That's the first thing. The second handle that we really want you to hold in front of you throughout this time is that God uses everybody. This is what I've been speaking about, how he puts treasure in jars of clay. We, It's it's crazy. I'm bewildered. God, how can you use me? How can you use humans to carry this incredible treasure of your good news? And yet he does. And it brings such dignity and it brings such encouragement to us that God, God of the universe, would partner with us in our weakness and say, come on, let's do this together. This is incredible good news and I want to breathe I want to breathe encouragement over you this morning that this is God's way of working through everybody every part of the body and I want to encourage you to risk it I know some of you are going to sit there and think I'll just sit and watch this one out I want to encourage you come on risk it have faith step into this with us because not because I'm just trying to roar are you because God Wants to use you. The third handle is come with me to Cairo. And I'm going to explain that in a moment. Um, but this is, the, this is the premise. Imagine that... You were a training mechanic, and I was a teacher, and I wanted to teach you how to become a really excellent mechanic. So there's two ways I could do that. The one way is that I put you in a classroom, and week after week, I draw things on the board and I explain to you what it is that a carburetor is or a radiator is, and I try to draw how you would take it apart and put it back together, and we'd sit in the classroom. Now a lot of Christian discipleship happens in that kind of way. Now imagine another scenario where I come. To you and I say hey listen I've just got this really clapped out old Land Rover and I'm going on a trip from Cape Town to Cairo and because it's a Land Rover and not a Toyota it's going to break down loads of times along the way and every time it does we're going to take that part that's broken and I'm going to teach you how to fix it and you take that trip to Cairo how much more are you going to grow on that trip than you would just from looking at drawings and drawing diagrams in a classroom? And so some of you are concerned about life groups or about your own feeding and and you want to read the word and you're worried about, well, how am I going to grow in these three months? You can't just put my discipleship on pause, Paul, or, or the elders. And I want to say to you that we are thoroughly convinced that if you would invest and throw yourself into this, it's like going with us to Cairo. Come with me to Cairo. And I think God is going to do, I know, he's going to do more in three months of you being out of the nest and being kicked out of your comfort zone and actually learning to obey some of everything that you've been taught over the years as a Christian. He's going to do more in growing you and discipling you than what he would do in three months more of sitting in a classroom and being taught and pampered and cared for in a very safe, comfortable environment as much as we like to stay there the fourth handle and these last two are so critical is that I'm going to encourage us like crazy to trust the holy spirit he works in ways we don't understand sometimes he he prompts us to do things that don't always make sense and I want to encourage us to trust The Holy Spirit. We're going to see this work out so practically when we're running Alpha and there's going to be some issues. Maybe there's going to be a tech issue one evening and you, the leader of the group, and you can't connect and you try and try and you can't connect. Stop. Let someone else run the group and pray. Maybe in that moment you've got to learn to trust the Holy Spirit. He knows what those people need. You are not the kingpin that that they need for salvation. The Holy Spirit is. Trust Him. Maybe you desperately need Him when you're inviting someone and you're so afraid. You're so afraid and you're not sure if you can do it. I want to encourage you. Trust Him. Ask Him. Ask Him to give you that strength. He says He's the the counselor. He's the one who brings wisdom. He's the encourager of the brethren. He's praying for you before the Father. This gives us great courage. And the last little thing around trusting the Spirit is, I know for myself that when I've invited people who don't know Christ to church, I just want the perfect Sunday. I just don't want that weird thing to happen where someone speaks in a funny language or I don't want the worship leader to go off on a tangent or the preacher to get too angry. And invariably what happens, you bring your friend and something weird happens, right? And I've had to learn to trust the Holy Spirit. He knows what my friend needs way more than what I think I do. It's actually my arrogance which makes me think that I know the perfect environment to curate for my friend. Trust the Spirit. Bring your friends into this environment and trust that He knows what they need and that He will help them here in the right way. We're not just dealing with flesh and blood here. We're dealing with the Holy Spirit working in their lives. And the last one is this. The last handle is prayer changes everything. I want to call us to pray as we never have in this season. No matter what role you take as part of One Hope's Alpha Plan. No matter what you're doing, I want to ask you to pray like you never have. Because prayer is the one thing that changes our hearts more than anything else. Think about it. When you're praying for someone who's far from Christ, something authentic begins to shift in your heart. A deep care begins to rise in your heart that just wasn't there before. And as you pray for them day after day after day after week after week after month after month after year after year. That grows more and more in your heart and they can sense it. Prayer comes and changes our hearts. Secondly, prayer is God's chosen way of working with us. It moves His heart Prayer moves God's heart. And again, I don't quite know how this works and why God chooses to partner with us. But He does. And this is what He says. Jesus says in the Gospels. He said, look look at the fields. And He's comparing the fields to those who don't know Him. And He says, look at them. They're white. They're ready to be harvested. And then He says these profound words. He says, pray to the Lord of the harvest that He may send out laborers. Into the field and I always grew up thinking that it was the people out there that didn't know Jesus who who were, that was the problem. They they didn't really want to come to know Jesus. They wanted to live wild lives and they they didn't really care and it was them and it was them and it was them. And when I read that verse a few years ago, it just hit me between the eyes again that actually Jesus says no th- they want to come. There's so many hurting people who want to come to Christ. They're looking for Him in all the wrong places. He says they're not the problem. Pray that the Father would send laborers. That's you. That's me. That's us. We are what Jesus says needs to be prayed for. And so as we pray, prayer changes everything. Pray for ourselves that God would make us willing to be His laborers in His field. I want to end there this morning. I hope you're feeling encouraged. I'm sure you have a bunch of questions. Life groups are going to be talking about this and explaining it and working it through in your own context of how you're going to run it. Or you can contact any of our leaders and we'll help bring clarity for you. So, whatever questions you have, please bring those questions and let's do this together. Let me pray for us as we close out this morning. Father, I want to thank you that you are at work in hearts right now. In our hearts and in the hearts of those who are going to be invited. And those that you're going to bring from death to life. Thank you that we can call the doctor just with a simple invite. We can bring someone into a space where they can hear the truth of God clearly, profoundly, powerfully proclaimed. And we ask you, Father, for a harvest Of people to come to know you God. That you would bring so many who right now are experiencing death. Even though they may not know it. And you would bring them back to life. This is what you do God. And we ask that you would do this in so many ways. And we'd hear so many beautiful stories of people coming to faith. Who right now have no idea what you're about to unleash on their lives. I pray for one-hopers, for courage, for peace, for discernment to know when to invite, when not to, when to run a group, how to do it. All of these things, we lay them at your feet. In Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Thank you for being with us this morning. We're going to sing a worship song or two. I just encourage you to, as we're singing and lifting our eyes and our, our voices up to God in our homes, let's think about these things and ask God to convince our hearts, to convict us, and to fill us with faith for what He's wanting to do. God bless you. Have an amazing week. Let's worship together.